The Spendthrift Trust and Trust Expenses. I love this uh, subject. I'm going to dive into in just a second. But before I do that, I need to do a disclaimer to say that I'm not a licensed tax or legal advisor. I don't give tax, legal, or accounting advice. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors before engaging in any transaction. So who am I? Well, I'm Don Thornson. I am a 20-year real estate investor. I'm also a senior trust specialist. I know this uh, trust like the back of my hand because I own it. I'm a trust owner myself. So I want to talk to you now about how money gets into the trust so that way it can sell, or excuse me, it can pay for all these trust expenses. So as you may have seen other videos that I have done, this is an, this trust is this a non-grantor irrevocable complex discretionary spendthrift trust is a IRS code 643B compliant trust, which means that any passive income that comes into the trust is not considered income for the trust. So if we see here, I had this, uh, I, I cut this directly from IRS code 643, which says that um, for purposes of subpart and subparts B, C, and D, the term income, when not preceded by the words taxable, distrib distributable net, undistributed net, or gross, means the amount of income of the estate or trust for the taxable year determined under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law, items of gross income constituting extraordinary dividends or stock, taxable stock dividends, which the fiduciary acting in good faith determines to be allocable to corpus under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law shall not be considered income. There's a lot there. I'm just basically going to uh, make dumbness down a little bit. Okay. Extraordinary dividend. That's IRS speak for passive income. Okay, so as a trustee, you declare any passive income that comes into the trust as, as an extraordinary dividend, and it shall not be considered income. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about interest on income, interest income, royalties, uh, limited partnership income, lease income, rental income, all that money that goes into the comes uh, into the trust passively. Uh, that's not a, not not a taxable event, and it's inside your trust. Okay, and that you use that to pay trust expenses. Another, the second source of money that come into the trust is capital gains. So uh, when you have a when you have a, a sale of an asset, you've, you've sold your asset into the trust. Let's say it's a house, maybe it's crypto, whatever. Uh, the proceeds from the sale of a trust asset are allocated to the trust and are not distributed to any beneficiaries. And again, I'm going to quote, quote from 643B here, which says gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to corpus and are not A, paid, credited, or required to be distributed to any beneficiary during the taxable year, or B, paid permanently set aside or to be used for the purposes specified in section 642C. So basically what that's saying is, as long as you know the trust is not required to distribute to any beneficiary during the taxable year, and as long as the gains are allocated to the corpus of the trust, which means the trust itself, it's not considered a taxable event, so that money comes in, and it's in your trust account, and you can start making payments for the for trust expenses. So again, the trust is funded by passive income that comes into it and the sale of trust assets. Okay, so when that money's there, 
you basically have two options of what to do with it. You can fund more investments, and we talk about that in other videos, or you can pay trust expenses, which is what we're talking about in this video. So what does that mean? What trust assets? Well, I mean, what, what, what are the expenses? Well, you have two categories of trust expenses. You have expenses that have to do with the assets of the trust, and there's a whole slew of expenses for that. And then you also have beneficiaries. Remember, you have to have at least one beneficiary in your trust. And so the trust can pay for a lot of expenses for the beneficiaries. Ready to go? Yeah, let's begin. I'm going to just dive right into it, okay? So let's look at some trust assets. So remember, as you can have these kinds of assets. You can have real estate. Any kind of real estate is a trust asset. It can be your primary residence. It could be investment properties, vacation homes. It can be part of any, any real estate syndication. Uh, vehicles, any kind of vehicle, any kind of mode of transportation, that's also a trust expense, or excuse me, a trust asset. So you got, you know, uh, cars, motorcycles, RVs, you got mobile homes, dune buggies, uh, race cars, boats, you know, even, even if you want to buy a, a Humvee or, or a tank military surplus, those are all, as long as they're, you know, they're, they're um, trust assets, they're deeded to the trust, then the trust is obligated to pay for them. Metals, gold, silver, precious metals, you know, those are trust assets. And you have miscellaneous stuff like, you know, crypto. Uh, if you have coin collection, stamp collection, you have Forex, anything that, you know, of value that you sell into the trust is a trust asset. Okay. So this means that the trust is obligated to pay for every single expense that is connected to those assets. As an example, mortgage payments, landscaping, insurance, utilities, property taxes, just regular upkeep, gas for your vehicles, oil changes, tire rotation, tree cutting, wildlife removal, pest control, painting, plumbing, electrical, pressure washing, whatever has to be expended, whatever money is expended for the assets, upkeep and maintenance uh, or you know, of, of the trust of the of the assets in the trust, then the trust is going to pay for those. Okay, okay. So that's a, that's a good run through. Let's talk about the beneficiaries. This is actually more fun. You know, the the. I mean, I'm not saying the trust assets aren't fun, but you know, this is where we get talking about you know stuff that we can pay that we would normally pay with post tax dollars. Okay, so the beneficiaries. Remember, you have beneficiaries in the trust. And the trust can pay for a lot of expenses for on behalf of the beneficiaries. In fact, as much as 90, 95% of their expenses actually can be considered a trust expense. Interesting enough, right? So let's talk about the golden rule here. This is very important that we make this distinction. If you pay for something for the beneficiary, if the trust cuts a check to a third party for something that benefits the beneficiary, that is not considered a, a taxable event in this trust. But if you give them money to buy something, then that is a taxable event. That would be a taxable event, not for the trust, but it would be for the beneficiary who takes that. And we do everything we can not to, in fact, we don't take distributions. We don't give distributions to beneficiaries. It's just a bottom line, okay? That's, why, that's what makes this trust so amazing. All right, so let's look at some authorized expenses. Education, you know, any education at all, you know, for minors or adults, you know, it doesn't matter. It's all uh, any kind of anything has to do with any kind of education. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be a private school. It doesn't have to be at a university or junior college. It could be anything 
that provides education that is an authorized expense for the trust. It's a good medical. Okay, so any insurance, any medical insurance that's there, it's paid for. Uh, you can, it can be uh, doctor's visits. It can be uh, MRIs. It can be anything at all medical. And that includes non-traditional treatments too. Uh, supplements, for example. Anything that has to do with medical, uh, then that is a trust expense. Wellness. I mean, can you imagine the, the huge arc of what wellness can mean? I mean, I'm just throwing a spa and retreats out there, but I mean, think about that. Anything that has to do with wellness, uh, can, you know, that's being done on behalf of the beneficiary is a trust expense. And then we have, of course, if you have minor children or you had special needs adults, someone who has a disability, uh, someone who needs care, any and all expenses are paid for by the uh, trust. Okay. So let's, let's just, let's uh, dive a little bit deeper into this. Okay. Let's go to education. So like I said, that, I mean, that's tuition books. If you take if you send your kid to, uh, you know, uh, college and, you know, you, you, if you give them money for food, that won't work. But if you buy a meal plan and you pay the college for that, then that's a trust expense. Any kind of tutoring, travel back and forth, you know, to there, it's all paid for. Any courses, any seminars. Again, that doesn't have to be a, a institution. Any kind of a course is considered education. Any kind of seminar is considered an education. That's a trust expense. Let's look at health. Okay, any insurance, like I said, chiropractor, massage, acupuncture, supplements, mental health, clinical visits. You can make a case that it's for your health. It's a trust expense. All right. So wellness, like I said, I mean. Above and beyond, spa treatments, weight loss, any kind of exercise programs, equipment, anything has to do with stress reduction, health risk assessments, anything under the umbrella of wellness is considered a trust expense. And like I said, for minor and special needs, any and all expenses that includes food, nursing, home care providers, transportation, equipment, whatever they need, then that is a considered a trust expense. But there's always the forbidden fruit here, and there are four F's that are not considered a trust expense. Let's talk about food, fun, fashion, and facelift, okay? But having said that, there are always exceptions to the rules. So there's a gray area, and you know, let's just look at some examples, okay? So uh, plastic surgery is not a trust expense, but... If there's a legitimate, legitimate medical reason you need that, let's say you got into an accident, let's say you had something, something happen and you need that for a legitimate medical purpose reason, then the trust can pay for that. Okay, So if you want to go to the, to the uh, theater, that's not considered a trust expense. But if you take a prospect with it, if something has to do with the business of the trust, then that is a trust expense. For example, if I decide I want to fly to San Diego and, and uh, you know, see how the, the, the upper crust live, you know, down with the, in the corner of our country, uh, you know, if that by itself is not a trust expense. However, I'm a real estate investor. If I go to San Diego and I look at properties and document that, then then also that trip is a trust expense. OK, so let's look at clothing, for example. Most of the time, clothing is not a trust expense. However, if it is clothing that would be required for a business or for a trust business, then that will become a trust expense. So this example here, I mean, it's kind of a little bit outlandish, but if I decided I wanted to go and buy a $5,000 suit and use my trust debit card, that in and of itself probably would not be considered a trust expense. However, in my case, I mean, with a lot of very well-off 
prospects. I go to seminars. I go to events. And for me to look the part, I need to I need to dress uh, well. So in that case, that by all means is a trust expense. Okay. So here's the thing: check with your accountant when you come on as our client. You have uh, you get to our network of accountants that are trained in this. You know, just make sure you 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 just make your case right. Keep receipts and document who and why. And it's very reasonable. It's not like we're under under some Nazi regime here where, you know, they're going to just chop your head off. I mean, it's very it's not don't stress about it. OK, but just, you know, good practices, common sense, you know, keep your receipts and document who and why. Why is this the, the, the issue? Right. And listen, if if it's not uh, if the accountant says, no, it's not going to fly. No big deal. Not just you know, she can just hear she can just take that off your demand note. OK, and subtract from your demand note. They have questions about what the demand note is. Go to my YouTube channel. I have a whole video about that. So here's the thing. Start changing your thinking. Change your thinking. Use this trust and start paying for the majority of your expenses from non-taxable money from inside your trust. That's the whole thing. So no, you no longer have to you know, take, get money that's taxed and then pay for all this stuff. You can pay for it by, with non-taxable money. So you excited? I know I was when I first learned about this. So schedule a free strategy session with me ASAP. Just go to my Calendly link. That's www.calendly.com slash Don Thornton. My name is spelled D-O-H-N-T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N slash 30 M-I-N, 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, schedule a time and we can go over all your questions and show you how you can start taking advantage. He's amazing asset protection strategies, and huge legal tax reduction. And start living the life of the really rich people have been doing for decades that you didn't know about, but now you do and you can take action. Thanks a lot.